You are listening to Anna Letitia Cook at Women Up Radio. Hi, this is Women Up Radio. My guest today is Joan Michelson. She's the host of the podcast Electric Ladies. You may know it under the name of Green Connections Radio, but it's now updated Electric Ladies. Great name. Uh, She interviews a lot of women leaders there and innovators, particularly in energy, climate and sustainability across all industries, which that's what I find so interesting. She's also a journalist who writes for Forbes and various other media, a coach and a public speaker. Before, she spent many years in communications and marketing with some Fortune 100 companies such as Chrysler, American Express and Deloitte's. So it's lovely to have you back on the show. Welcome to Women Up Radio. Thank you, Anna. I'm thrilled to be back with you. I was so excited to get your email. I was like, yay! (laughs) It's great. It must be, what, three years or something like that since we were... Something like that. Yeah, I haven't looked it up. But yeah, it's, you know, pre-COVID is just like... Yeah, yes, it's it's a (laughs) a distant memory. (laughs) Yeah, BC is now changed to big before COVID, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, today we're going to talk about obviously climate energy and corporate responsibility and how women are leading these. So what's been happening since, you know, three years ago when you were last on, what's been happening over these three years and how are we doing on those topics? Improvement, change, what would you say? Well, I think there's definitely improvement. The, you know, it's really interesting because, in these ensuing years, the U.S. had an administration that was, um, shall we say politely, um, not into the clean green economy. But even way before that, really starting with, it got a big kick up with the Gulf of Mexico oil spill. There's been a huge uptick in the private sector and the marketplace demanding that these initiatives be put into place. I mean, companies putting out requests for proposal that make you tell what your sustainability footprint is, what your diversity footprint is, um, government requests for proposal and grant and, and contract applications requiring it, even still, um, of course, now they, they're even more so. Um, and the investment community, more and more people were investing with the frame of what's called ESG investing, environment, social, and governance. Governance being the disclosure and being transparent. So just to put this into perspective, right after the Gulf of Mexico oil spill, I did a story in the Huffington Post at the time called The Gifts of the Gulf of Mexico Oil Spill. And my environmental friends thought I needed a frontal lobotomy when I did that. (laughs) But what it was was, it, it, within nine months of the Gulf of Mexico oil spill, there were about $33 billion invested in clean energy technologies. Boom, right off the bat. Yeah. And it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. And now this year actually is a pivotal time because of the convergence of extreme weather events, obviously the Biden administration and uh, the racial justice movement um, and the investment community just being fed up, frankly, that we now have 
the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States has, has named its first head of ESG. Yeah. They're put out rules for, for disclosure. There's many more formats for disclosure and requirements for disclosure from, from the, um, the European, uh, the Russell Index and, and others. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really on, it's, it's in, I would say steroids right now. It's really That's moved amazing. into steroids, yeah. And there's more, not enough, but there's more women. Women have advanced in this space, not enough. Yep. I still have to go too far down the food chain in many instances to get to a female. Yeah. But, um, and I still have companies that say, we don't have any women that fit your description. And I'm like, really, really, really? <laughs> um, but it's getting better. Yeah. And there are more women enrolled in STEM programs. Yep. Um, and one other quick thing I'll say is you have more women transitioning kind of like I did from one industry to the green, clean, green economy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a brilliant sign. That's definitely right direction. So I know, um, obviously, I've just said you write for Forbes um, and you've got your podcast, Electric Ladies, where you're talking about climate, energy and corporate responsibility and particularly how women are leading these. So how are women leaders tackling these issues? And what are they doing that's having a positive impact? And is it a different vision to that of men? I think women do lead very differently for a lot of reasons. Um, And it's interesting, even Christine Lagarde was talking about it at um, the World Economic Forum this year, about how uh, we desperately need more women in leadership because of this. Because women, I describe it as women being natural innovators. Yeah. So if you think about it, we, women have not had absolute access to authority, resources, and power. Yep. And yet we have the responsibility of getting things done, always kind of Velcro to middle management, right? And, or even lower. And so we had to get things done without, you know, any way to like ask somebody to just do it, right? So we had to develop the skills and the muscles to do it another way to find yeah. another way so we had to build influence management skills we had to build communication skills we had to to build collaboration skills we yeah. had to build um resourcefulness skills right and so women are now when as women ele- get elevated further with boards needing to have more women etc um those skills are particularly needed right now because we're in a place in the economy in, in general, globally, where caring matters, where yeah. collaboration is critical. You're, nobody gets anything done alone anymore. Yes. I, don't, yes. I don't care if you're a solopreneur, you're still not getting anything done by yourself. Yeah. Um, and we need innovation. I mean, I did a story recently on some research, I think it was from PwC, that um, I think it was two thirds of CEOs said that innovation was their top priority, but 77% of them, almost the same amount, said they have trouble driving innovation in their industries. And the reason is 
they're not elevating enough women, in my view, and people who don't think like they do. Yep. Because I'm having spent, you know, way too many years of my career in corporate America. I mean, I love those people, so I don't mean to be negative about it. But what they do is they they hire and they promote based on consensus. Yep. And consensus to me is marshmallows. It's not, that's not where the magic is. You want innovation, you need somebody who's got the guts to say, well, what if we flip it over, turn yep. it purple and make a polka dot? Yes. Right. And so that's how women are more and more women are leading. They're finding another way to get things done. Yep. Um, and they're bringing in people who, who are on that same uh, type of mindset. Yeah. And do you, I mean, I'm not sure how much you work with other countries or you're involved in other countries, but do you see something similar happening in other countries or do you find it most the, in the States? Well, actually, some of the Scandinavian countries are in leadership roles in the clean green yep. economy. And Germany has been as well. I mean, Germany took a setback because of the floods and, and yep. um, it's been a bit now, but just after Fukushima, they shut down. They were doing a lot of you know, powered nuclear. by a lot of nuclear yep. and they had they shut all those down just after Fukushima explosion exploded. But the um, Norway, Finland, um, uh, Iceland, there have both clean green economies and a lot of women in leadership. Yep. Um, obviously, just as a female leader, Jacinda Akern at in New Zealand was like the yep. you know the COVID hero of the last two years. Yes. Um, um, Christine Lagarde is nobody to shake a stick at, right? She's been advocating <laughs> for this stuff for ages. I I mean I would. You know, I would salivate to interview Christina Lagarde one of these days, maybe in Glasgow. Who knows? We'll see. Um, so I think that there are a lot of other I mean, Obviously, Singapore is doing a lot. They have. In fact, I'm interviewing a woman who's their head of sustainability uh, in the next couple of weeks. So there, there are a lot of the other other countries are doing a lot. I mean, where you are in the UK, there's, you know, a lot of the green bonds. Yep. are getting play. I mean, I see stuff all the time. I get business green that announces all the things going on and in the UK and, and elsewhere that where the public is pushing it. And I mean, you know, the case, Anna, really is that the policymakers and regulators tend to be a couple steps behind the public and the marketplace. Yep. yep. And that's what's happening. Yes. Yep. And do you see, um, in those other countries, do you see there's more of an advance of women in the industry and in the roles, as well as just the advances towards energy and green and things like that? Can well, you draw skin, any comparisons? Or I, I wouldn't. I couldn't give cause and effect, but yeah. I will say that that as uh, the Scandinavian countries are leaders in gender, they always yeah. have been. If yeah. you look at the World Economic Forum reports on gender gap. Yeah. Um, they've always done very well. And they, by the way, have quotas. Um, there are a few states in the U.S., by the way, yeah. that have, um, I think it's um, Oregon, has a female governor, a female lieutenant governor, an almost entirely female state legislature. 
Really? It's kind of astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's Oregon. There's a, there are a couple of states in the, in the United States, and I think it's out west. I'm pointing yeah. like you know what the heck I'm pointing at. And like it's, it's <laughs> I know what really you mean. A, yeah. <laughs> a function of geography, but who knows? It could be in any direction. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't, <coughs> excuse me, I wouldn't say there's cause and effect, but they are doing both. And of course, the United States is like the last Western country to not have a female leader. I mean, even Pakistan had a female leader. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them, actually. Yeah. yeah. For counting. But um, who knows whether that's cause or effect. I mean, Joe Biden's administration is, I think at this point, over 50% female. Oh, I mean, it? his, yeah, his diversity quotient is, is really high. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's got a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. Yeah. The first uh, female ones, Janet Yellen, you know, who's like the most overqualified sec- treasury secretary on the planet. Um, it's the first, but she's the first woman to be treasury secretary. It only took yes. 235 years, but what's your hurry? Um, <laughs> And um, uh, Avril, I forget her last name, uh, Rankin or something like that, is the first uh, uh, national uh, NDI, uh, counterterror, intelligence director. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, National and director of national intelligence. Yeah. So although that's a that's a much younger role, but there's a ton of firsts. So I think that there's. I really think, to be honest, Anna, that the marketplace is pushing it because they're asking for regulation. I mean, I've been doing stories on the infrastructure bills in the United States and and I'm an interview. I just did an interview you might want to listen to with um, another Anne and Kelly of series who works with the business community. And they they've been pushing government for more regulations and more policy directives Mm -hmm. and more standards. For yep. years. Yep. Yep. Right. So and they're happy. Yes. Yep. Definitely. And th- this is a question which is basically, I'm going totally off on, on a tangent, but it's just mm-hmm. made me think of something purely to do with energy. Um, mm-hmm. I work a lot with France, as you know, and France, uh, somebody who is doing things with energy in France at the moment was talking about their aims um, for green energy and when and how and blah, blah, blah. Uh, And they said that there is resistance to things like wind turbines, solar, stuff like that, from the nuclear and Mm. even from the traditional electricity people and even um, people like EDF or, you know, the electricity companies, companies there who've been investing in renewables they are being very quiet about what they're doing regarding wind turbines and such like because there is such a negative lobby um, against those things and going far more for keeping nuclear and even some of the people who are very well known like Stefan Byrne who's a guy who's um, hosted a lot of very cultural tv shows he's very well known in france they're head of lobbies against that type of green energy sustainable energy that sort of thing have you heard anything about that or anything like that in other countries and why would they be against it 
I know I'm springing this question. No, on you, it's, but it's fine. Just, it's called, you know. it, it's very simple. It's called money. Um, <laughs> nuclear <laughs> right. first. Well, there's several things. First of all, nuclear plants are extremely expensive, capital intensive to build, mm-hmm. capital intensive to run. And you don't want to throw, they don't want to throw that money away. Yeah. Number one, number two, it is perceived as a clean fuel. Um, Bill Gates and his uh, breakthrough energy, for example, have been working on a mini, a bunch of uh, design for mini nuclear reactors, uh, nuclear energy reactors for years. I mean, they're about the size of an upright piano. I'm saying my piano. Yeah. Yeah. They're not that big. Like a large wine keg, you know, it's like where you, where you age wine. Um, and they they don't want so there's it's it's money it's investment yeah it's also infrastructure that so much of the european infrastructure got dependent on nuclear because as i said germany was using a lot of nuclear i think 80 percent of france's energy is from nuclear or something like that huge yeah Uh, it's very it's ginormous yeah um and also there's a huge um obviously fossil fuel lobby that is very threatened by renewables even though they talk out of both sides of their mouths where they give you know five percent of their budget to renewables but even they are having to do more when i did my mba i was in um, in the UK with Shell for a week. And yeah. even then they were doing a lot of renewable energy stuff. And so they've, they've all, they've had to, because the truth yeah. is they have to cannibalize their own market or yeah. they're going to be out of business. It's really yeah. quite simple. Yeah. Um, and the other factor, frankly, is um, real estate. Yeah, Solar and wind take up a lot of space. Yeah. And in Europe, People love the beautiful European countryside. I love the beautiful European countryside, right? It's glorious. And they don't, I mean, they ran into this in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, the United States, where they, you know, they didn't want the eyesore of the wind turbines. Um, But yeah, because property prices dip as soon as there's a wind turbine anywhere near them. Well, there's two ways to look at that. They, they can, or they can go up because you know that you will never lose power in a crisis. Yep. Um, and the truth of the matter is the global economy and the economy in every country is moving towards a clean energy economy. Yeah. So it's either, you know, get with the program or you're going to be passe. Yep. Now, it may also be a lot of politicians, at least in the United States, are thinking short term. They're only thinking for the next election next year. Yes. So they're not thinking about whether their grandkids will have power or an yep. earth to sit on or their yep. great grandkids. Yeah. They're only thinking about in a very, very like, you know, short term this big. Yep. Right. Um, so I would say that those are the factors that that yeah. play into it. And of course the people who are making the decisions on those reactors and and doing that lobbying or trying to get their own re-election in their yeah. respective countries yeah shamer but anyway okay so moving on um have you any other new projects you've been doing recently where do i begin my dear <laughs> i know i thought i'm opening up this huge scope do for you, you really <laughs> want to do this so I just renamed my show, and I'm yeah. thrilled about it. I have this big sign, but you can't really see it. So, Very good. Yes. Um, 
um, we're going to fix that. So it's the trials and tribulations of rebranding. Yeah. Um, I changed the name uh, of Green Connections Radio to Electric Ladies. It's and such a good name. Brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I won't tell you how hard it was to find a name um, that I was even happy with. So, um, and it was funny because I did a whole bunch of tests. I don't know if you're on my mailing list and you got all our surveys of testing names, but I did all these surveys of testing names. And then when I came up with this one, I was going to do it again. And my, my team said, Joni, no, you've tested all these names is the only one you're excited about. We're done. You're using it. Forget about it. We're not doing a survey. And I was like, okay. Okay. So, um, and in the process, I completely redesigned the website, starting from a clean piece of paper. Um, And we're going to be integrating. So, but all the 320 some odd interviews I'd done under Green Connections will still follow, are still uh, accessible on that website. Yeah. So we're still working through the glitches and that follow on of all those episodes is are part of the glitches we have to work through. Um, but, um, I'm totally excited about that. It's kind of sucked all the oxygen out of my life. Um, and I, I write for Forbes, as you said, and I do a lot of public speaking. So like I have a couple, uh, speaking engagements coming up. I don't know quite when this will air, but I'm going to be speaking at a conference in Austin. If anybody's in the United States at the end of uh, September on the future of transportation, and then um, I'm planning to come to Glasgow at a COP26. I know. I was going I know. To I'm totally excited. Yeah. Yes, I'm totally jazzed. Yeah. Um, and um, and I'm going to. I'm turning my. I think I when you and I spoke before. I, I'm writing a book. Yeah. And I'm. I had to put it on pause because the rebrand is just so all-consuming. But I'm now thinking about a couple of different directions to take the book. But essentially, it's a compilation of the interviews that I've done with all these amazing women. Oh, brilliant. And the insights from them. Yeah. Yeah. And my own experience as well. Oh, that would be great. No, that's good. So when do you think that will be done? Um. Hopefully within the next year. I mean, yeah, yeah, I plan to put it out in the next year. I was hoping to get it out also. Well, the other thing that happened was, I don't know if you know this, but um, last year, 2020 was the centennial of women getting the right to vote in the United States. Right. Yeah. And um, it turns out I have three famous siblings in my family tree um, way back when. And it turns out that my great, great aunt, was a reporter who personally helped get the 19th Amendment ratified, getting women oh, the right really? to vote. And this book came out about her last year. Um, it's named The Superwoman because she wrote a book called The Superwoman, um, yep. uh, which is basically kind of like Wonder Woman. It was it's source, literally source material for Wonder yeah. Woman comics. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of speaking and writing about her and about the 19th Amendment. Oh, that's great. And well, let me know when it's coming out. I will interview you I again will. when that's Thank ready. You. So, Thank because you. I appreciate be great. that. <laughs> and Thank com- you. coming back to COP26. Uh-huh. So what do you expect to see and hear there? Good question. <laughs> um, what do I expect to see and hear that? Well, I'm, I really have no expectation. Yep. Um, I expect the only, I shouldn't say that, the only expectation I do have 
is that the Biden administration will be taking a, an aggressive stance, especially considering John Kerry is leading the charge yep. of the troops, if you will, uh, towards increasing commitments and increasing accountability for the Paris Accords yep. and increasing cooperation between countries yep. to help meet them because the, the non-Western countries, if I can put it that way, that have fewer resources also are the countries that are in most danger. I mean, there yeah. are there are islands that are already evacuating their entire population because yeah. they're going to be submerged by rising sea levels. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the women I interviewed on my show was Tracy Ratchak, who you might want to interview she or talk to or listen to. She was one of the brains behind the Paris Accord. She was senior climate advisor to Ban Ki-moon. Yeah. And was there for, I don't know, close to 10 years or something. Yep. And she's terrific. And so um, I want to I wanna connect with more women out there. I expect to see the Biden administration putting the screws, yep. tightening the screws. Um, I think that everybody needs to have more accountability and more enforcement of these that just saying, I, you know, I pledge allegiance. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, how are we going to like, what happens if you don't? Besides, yeah. you drown. Yeah. Um, but you know what, Anna? I think that all of the extreme weather events around the world, including the floods in Germany and and um, and the the increased monsoons in South Asia, et cetera, I think that these are, are all, besides the, of course, massive hurricanes in, yep. in the United States, are giving people a visceral sense of climate yes. change yep and it's making them because it's not they're not just the usual amount of hurricanes and yep. crises they're more often they're more severe yep. they last for more hours yeah um the fire the wildfires of course yep. you know half of australia went up in flames yep. you know uh, we've i think there's a million acres in the on the west of the united states yep. that have already burned it's amazing to me it's incredible so people are feeling it themselves yeah. you know they, they and you see have, the reality finally it's not the well, theory it's exactly the actual, yeah and just the other thing i'll say on that is <coughs> excuse me you have the younger generations the greta turnbergs the alexandria vincenori who are coming out aggressively and saying we want a planet to live on yes yeah what are you guys going to do about it yeah yeah so It'll be a big impact. So, yeah, I think there'll be a bit of fireworks, but we'll yeah. see. But, but you know, everything <laughs> depends on COVID because there are yes. a lot of people that may not come because of COVID. I know. I'm I'm fully vaccinated, and and I understand all these countries are requiring that you are fully yeah. vaccinated to come to the United States. Yeah. But um, I think well, uh, well, I think most con countries now, well, at least Western, I think most of them are being very vaccinated for all things like that i don't think they've had a choice so well and president biden just tightened the screws further yeah. and said if you can't uh that employ companies with with 100 employees or more have to require vaccination yes i know they're, they're doing things like mm -hmm. that here there's um it's quite strict on who is who isn't and you know what you can and can't do which i think is good but i'm not going to get into the covid um, argument <laughs> 
<laughs> because a lot of people don't have the same opinion. I agree. Yes, exactly. That's true. But anyway, thinking about the future of women's careers and the impact they can have over the next decade, particularly relating to climate and energy, do you have any feeling that they're going to go you know, jump forward? Do you think it's going to be a slow roll? What do you think is going to happen over the, the next 10 years? And I promise I won't ask you any more questions after that because I've taken up so much of your time no, already. No, you're fine, That's sweetie. Fine. That's great. I love talking to you. So I wish I had a crystal ball, but here's what I'll say. Um, I think a lot of it depends on what women do. Yeah. So there's and I'm writing about this in my book, is that it, there's, it's an ecosystem that has to shift. There's a role for the companies. There's a role for the, for the leaders. There's a role for policymakers. And there's a role for women. Yeah. And women have to keep going and saying, knock, knock, I'm here. Yeah. And, um, and stand up for their rights, financially, power, et cetera. Yeah. authentically, right, and not in a mean way. Um, but, and so, and I think they need to stretch and put themselves out there and go for it and not self-cancel, as I call it, you know, yes. put not, not stop saying, oh, they'll never choose me, so I'm not going to bother. It's like, stop, they're not going to choose you if you keep doing that, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, women need to step up and women need to get the credentials that they need or feel they need. Yeah. And companies need to realize that they have to hire the outliers. I've done a lot of writing and, I, and I'm planning a, a talk on this as well on you need, if you want to drive innovation, you need to hire people who are innovators. And so mm -hmm. that's why I describe, as you heard, women as natural innovators. And so you need to hire people who are not going to fit in. Yeah because they're going to be the catalyst. Like I got into this space when I was recruited by Chrysler to head up the communications to head the sales and marketing. I didn't own a car. I'd never worked in the car business. They were in a part of the country I wasn't living in. I didn't know anybody there. I was a Martian from outer space. <laughs> and that's why, and I did hockey stick, we did hockey stick growth. And my, the president of the company who personally recruited me said, that's why I was successful because I didn't yeah. come in burdened by the way things have always been done, yes. but he, but he had my back and yes. he let me do, I mean, I had to meet certain criteria, right. But he, he would just sit there sometimes and go, what? Okay. <laughs> really? All right. Let's help it. You know, and then we'd see growth and he'd go, how did this go to... I go, Rick, it's okay. You don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to worry about the why. So come, you need more leaders who are going to take that kind of a risk. Yeah. Who yeah. are going to say, well, you know, this person, they put so many criteria in their job descriptions that they dissuade people who could bring real value by being yeah. a catalyst and a spark. Yes. You don't always want a round peg in a round hole. Exactly. Not if you want to drive change. Yeah. yeah. You need someone who can think differently. You need somebody who's going to shake it up and yeah. say, well, you know, 
I don't agree. What if or, or try this or yeah. well, what about these people or what about those people? Or if I, I mean, like what I did was I looked at the research and said, well, I think you're missing half of the market here. Yes. Here's why. Yeah. If we go back to page 32x, you know. Yeah. Don't okay. rely on the consensus. Don't rely on summaries all the time. Yeah. Um, but be willing to to think differently. And I think women need to be willing to think differently, too. Yeah. If you want to transition into this industry, there's lots of room for you, no matter what kind of skills you have. Yeah. Don't be intimidated by the STEM thing either. I'm, I consider myself a STEM person and I'm not a scientist, an engineer, a physicist or yes. whatever. Either. Yeah. So, so there's a place for you, whatever skills you have. Perfect. Okay. And any final piece of wisdom that we should keep in mind to help us going forward? Find a way. Very good. Find a way to make it work. Whatever you want, whatever your it is, whatever gets you excited to get up in the morning, um, whatever your goals are, have goals, first of all. Um, I don't care what they are, but have them because they keep you going. And fig- figure out a way to get it done. I mean, just think about, you don't, it doesn't always have to be direct. It's like, well, you might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who can yeah. help you, yeah. right? So just keep thinking, I've got to find a way and keep your mind open to finding creative ways and creative people to, to help you get there and talk to people. I mean, I've, I've never met a stranger, so... <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much, Joan. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, see you in Glasgow. Yes, yes. And anybody can, when they're done, when they finish their episode of Women Up, they can come listen to Electric Ladies podcast. Yes, you'll have to send me all the information so I can put it on the page. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Everybody, you've been listening to Joan. You've been listening to me on Women Up Radio. Um, do watch Joan's podcast, watch, do listen to Joan's podcast um, and visit everything. And thank you so much for listening in this week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.